welcome back to Purple Noon, a podcast. I am Stephanie Conti, and I am here with my bestie, Savannah Lanause. Woo! 99 episodes! 99 episode and a B81! Sorry. We're close. We're close. (laughs) I couldn't. (laughs) Um, But... Yeah, so today for episode 99, we're actually going to be doing our 2023 movie recap, things that we saw, um, and then we have our 100 episode special coming up the week after, so we're getting consistent again, knock on wood, (laughs) knock on wood. Yes, we Um, are, we're doing really good. So I I was... we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, you know, cause we have a little list and stuff of things that we've drafted drafted. And I was telling Savannah that for me, at least this year was like a, a palate cleanser for movies. I did not nearly see as many movies as I normally see due to, you know, uninterest at times, but also I probably say from September to December, like early December, I was kind of down and out because I was going through um, health issues that literally just kept me in bed all day and like sleeping. So in terms of like movies that came out, then I, I ended up missing a few, quite a few of like the big blockbusters and things like that as well. Um, but Savannah, like, how would you describe 2023 in like years of movies for you? Like, what did you think of what 2023 offered? I don't think it was a bad year. I actually liked more this year than I did last year. However, I think unfortunately with the strike, it kind of did skew our like movie going habits. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything, like I watched half of my list in the last two months yeah. because I just, there was a gap for me, a huge gap um, from I think the summer to literally like a month ago where like I was not watching a lot of new movies. Um, so I, I don't think it was a bad year. I think there were a lot of fun movies. I think if you, however, I will say, in my opinion, I feel like you had to go a little bit out of your way in some of the movies to find some gems. Um, obviously we had our big movies, we had the Barbies and Oppenheimer, which is awesome. But I feel like for, um, you know, the, the smaller movies or the less popular movies, they're the gems of this year. So I feel like, it was definitely a year you had to go out of your way to see movies for sure. Yeah. And I think also to one thing that also, I, I don't think people realize how much it impacted the theaters, especially yeah. for us. So typically um, we actually go see a movie theater. Like we go to a lot to a movie theater that is on Disney property. So that definitely sways what is typically shown at that movie theater. And one thing I can tell you was like a lot of the movies that I had wanted to see in theater, I couldn't see because the Disney movie theater had like 15 showings of the Taylor Swift documentary or music, (laughs) whatever it was for like two months straight. No, and I, I, but to be honest, I can't 100% blame them because I'm sure like they are it's just focused on like, it's it's just profit. Like, unfortunately, I know we wanted to see a movie called Monster. I think it was a Japanese film. Yeah. Um, literally three showings, <laughs> like just three showings. Yeah. And, and like, it would be like at the it. worst times, it would be at either like 4 p.m. or 1130 at night. Like, dog, <laughs> come on. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, so this is what I mean. I feel like you definitely had to go out of your way 
for most of the movies this year, most of them. I think it's just like, if you caught it, great. If you didn't, then sucks. Now you gotta wait. And a lot of the movies too, uh, at least in my opinion, also had really, really like, and I think we compare it to like stuff like Oppenheimer and Barbie that was literally available to be seen for like two months after it first came out. Um, But a lot of like the smaller movies, I think we're maybe only playing like two weekends and then we're gone like there was a lot of movies i'm like oh yeah is this still showing no stop showing like a month ago and i'm like oh i thought it just came out though like i felt like that a lot especially specifically with like the boy and the heron um zone of interest and anatomy of fall were movies i was really really keen they also happened to like be showing when i had finals and then the minute i was like done with school they were all gone from the theater yeah, so I think that's important to mention. We did not see The Boy and the Heron. We did not see Autonomy of Fall. And we did not see um, the other one you just mentioned. Why am I blinking? The other one. Uh, the, the the Zone of Interest. Zone of Interest. I didn't see Iron Claw. I didn't see American Fiction. Um, so if you see there are things missing from our list, it just, we didn't see them. It's not that we, you know, have anything against them. We just didn't see the main hitters. Yeah. And and I also like to remind people that Savannah is in a master's program. I'm in a doctorate program. And listen, this year was all video games for me. And that's okay. But also it's kind of ridiculous how many video games I think also it was just way more accessible especially with my health issues that happened yeah it was the best way for me to get entertainment and to get like stories and stuff like that um because you know with video games you can kind of pause at any time so you know I never it's not like a tv show where sometimes I feel like with tv shows you don't want to pause midway through and pick it up again you want to complete the episode Mm -hmm. but for me with my sleepiness issue and essentially um <laughs> to kind of elaborate what type of issue I'm talking about I'm going for a narcolepsy diagnosis so as you can imagine in and out of sleep consistently um and so like you know it, video games just became more accessible to me so at the end of this when we talk about movies and you know tv shows and what we do want to see within the next few upcoming weeks i'm going to go through the video games that i've played because i played 30 freaking video games this year yeah let's do i mean yeah since that makes sense let's do it let's do it okay so let's start so give me a movie that you saw and tell me what you thought of it like a quick recap and maybe maybe we could do a little like a like a very loose sliding scale of like one to ten ten being the best movie you saw um and let's do best movie you saw of the year um and one being like I wish I could forget it oh gosh okay (laughs) I know for you you're probably gonna have a lot of things on the scale like a lot of different points I think for me looking at my stuff I think everything is going to be most like all the movies that I saw in theaters this year were genuinely good and positive experiences but I know you did not have some good and positive experiences Uh, with some films we'll get into it because they are popular films that it just didn't drive with so I'm I'm very yeah, I'm very curious to see how this is going to go. Um, since I do have nine movies I want to talk about, I will probably just kind of quickly go through them. Yeah, go ahead. Just so we all have time. Um, so my first one, um, and this is not really any particular order. I just kind of wrote them down from memory. Um, this came out, I think, earlier last year, the Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret adaption. 
Okay. And really I heard of it and I heard good things about it, but what did you think? It was really cute and it was a really good adaption from the book. I feel like a lot of girls read the book, um, at least when I was growing up and I did. And I loved it. It was fun. It was coming of age. It was simple. And I don't think it got enough credit because uh, it was like, I feel like movies that come out before May don't get a lot of love. Like nobody remembers them because they come out so early in the year. But I genuinely like this one and I recommend it. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Um, let's, now that I'm looking at my list, <laughs> I think I have two movies, maybe one movie that you haven't seen. So why don't you just go through and I'll just chime in because I think two of the films we saw together and I only have four movies on my list. Okay. So, so you start going through yours and I'll chime in when I, when I can say something. I'll do two at a time. Maybe that'll even it out. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Next one, John McFour. Okay, you told me about how good it was. I, I And I told you, and I hate to say this, but I actually have not seen a John Wick film, and I want to. So that has been added to my list. But for John Wick movies, how did this stand up to the rest? I really like John Wick in general. This is probably, I don't know if it's my favorite, favorite John, film, John Wick film, but it's really great it stands alone for somebody that likes video games i do think you would really like this movie because of all the action sequences the characters are really good um bill Skarsgård is a villain that's another big reason why i want to see it because i really love him as an actor so if you like action if you i mean if you follow the john wick character you definitely have to see it but it is literally two and a half hours of action sequences, but you're not bored. You're not just like, okay, when are we, when are they going to stop hitting each other? And there's a good story involved. Um, I really recommend it. It was a really fun time at the theater. I'm glad I saw it in theaters. It was really fun. Um, and I, I feel like it for action movies, it could be very hit or miss for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I really love this and it was just a fun movie. You could watch with everybody. You could just turn it on and like, just have fun so of course keanu reeves is a big plus he's great yeah um cast was great um the film it's beautiful all the sequences everywhere they filmed is is amazing gorgeous so please yeah recommendation okay, okay. it's getting added to the list lay me another uh movie that you've seen um let me see let me look on my list i really enjoyed mission impossible uh six is it six or five? Probably six. I think I it's think six. six. I really enjoyed it. I am a Mission Impossible girl. I will say, I think the one with Henry Cavill was still my favorite. But again, it's a lot of fun in the theater. These movies are so fun. They're so big. They're so grand. Um, kind of like John Wick. Like It's fun to follow this character. It's fun to see his journey. Um, really good cast wasn't my favorite but again really awesome viewing you can watch this with anybody you will not be bored um beautiful landscapes a lot of action it's the also i think the next one is like the end for sure too yeah because looking at the name of it it was mission impossible dead reckoning part one so yes subsequently there will be a part two do you think that it, the series should close with the next one yes um not uh, Tom Cruise is still like amazing for a 60 year old I don't know like he's literally jumping off trains that train sequence in the movie was real mm -hmm. there's so many parts of the movie that are like practical which again credit to him because there I, I don't really love when people say this but like nobody is making movies the way he is making movies still 
Um, yeah, he's so- kind of morphed into like the Jackie Chan of this generation where he's just really putting himself yeah. in it and just really bringing it to the next level in terms of action. A hundred percent. But I think end it while the iron is hot. I think if they were to go like Mission Impossible 10, they're going to run into like the Fast and Furious issue. Not to compare the two because I Fast and Furious does need to like die personally. They're mm-hmm. on number 12 with that. But I think they're going to run into an issue where people are getting bored. And at the end of the day, he is 60, right? I don't know how many more years, hopefully more, but I don't know how many realistically he can jump off of buildings and like jump onto moving trains and stuff so i think ending it while he's still at a good height in his career and just wrapping up the story best case scenario for the series um but it is such a lot of fun and it's just another action movie i had a really good time at the theater with amazing yeah it's also one of those things too where he has to consider you know he's getting older and you know not that he can't do the stuff that he's doing but in case something goes wrong it makes it so much more incredibly difficult to come back from it you know, and even though he is like a, a master in terms of action work and stuff, I think yeah. at a certain age, you have to realize you either have to slow down, or if you don't want to accept the fact that you're slowing down, you just have to like retire the notion. I genuinely, for Tom Cruise's, like the rest of his career and stuff, I would love to see a shift in more drama i would love to see him oh do for some, sure like uh like kind of go back into like when he was doing like period pieces and things like that i would love to see that shift in his career again or just plainly like see him try something new i always also i think he just tries really hard and like puts everything into a role and i've i've even loved him in like comedy roles like in tropic thunder so i would i'm like really excited to see because i'm not the biggest mission impossible fan i'm also i'm just not the biggest action yeah that's um, fair like franchise fan like i'm not a fast and furious girl i'm not a um uh you know mission impossible john wick maybe maybe that might be the exception for me um, but I, I'm just not a franchisee person. So I, I really want to see like where he goes from here. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more with that. I, I really liked him in specifically um, Interview with the Vampire. That's yeah. kind of like, oh, he was so good in that movie. But yeah, I, I don't know. As he gets older, I feel like that might be the way for him to go. Um, so, okay, give me a movie. I, I did three. Okay, so um, I'm going to save some of the big ones for yeah. last. But one that I did see, I saw it at home. I didn't see it in the theater, but it did come out in 2023. And I really enjoyed it was Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Okay, yeah, that's I, a good one love guardians of the galaxy i think it is the best um in terms of superhero movies because i really just enjoyed the cast and everything um i thought this one was very funny i i feel like sometimes um marvel movies and dc movies have a really hard time kind of melting in comedy and action there's just something about guardians of the galaxy that does it a little bit more smoothly and naturally compared to like something like ant-man you know it just feels like it flows so much more easily like i think it's because they have established from the get-go um characters who were never fully serious to begin with like um peter quill so i really like guardians of the galaxy 3 um yes i cried with the rocket scenes and everything so sad but i i was happy that um 
they were able to experiment with something like that and bring something very different for a Marvel film. Yeah. Um, I loved it. And um, I will say, though, I did not love it as much as I loved Guardians of the Galaxy 2 because Guardians of the Galaxy 3 did not have Kurt Russell in it. And I'm, I'm just going to have to leave that there. Oh, yeah. I I liked Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but for me, it's not something I can rewatch because I was very sad. Yeah. Most of the movie. I Sad animals are hard for me. When I see, like, especially, first of all, they're fake too. So, like, Paula was just like, they're not, they're not even animals. I'm like, doesn't matter. So, but I loved the rocket arc for sure. I think just seeing where it came from was a really good storyline. And then, like, wrapping it all up was really good. And I think something that needs to be pointed out, because I feel like it always goes under the radar is we all know Bradley Cooper is an excellent actor, but he is an incredible voice actor to play Rocket and really convey the emotions of like, I I think Bradley Cooper's like, like some of his, um, I think like, and I'm not trying to diss Bradley Cooper's career at all. I think he's an incredible actor, but I do think like him voicing Rocket is like some of his best work. He really just, nails it and sells it and even like when rocket is like screaming and like mourning for his friends like i think that's the reason why it's it's so sad not only because you're seeing it but because like his voice like you hear like the vocal strain when he's crying and stuff and it's it's really difficult to have us you know it's one thing to have like a realistic you know pet pass away and stuff but these uh, these were kind of and they did look realistic but these were more anthropomorphic I think is the correct word yeah yeah so it's a little bit easier to separate yourself from you know thinking of Rocket as like an actual entity um but man like I I think the voice acting that Bradley Cooper does for Rocket is is really underrated no I felt like it was real I felt like yeah he, he sold it for sure but no it was it was a solid I I, I think it was a solid wrap-up to the franchise definitely yeah, I don't want any more though. I feel like if they try any more, and, and you know, I, yeah, no, I would be down for like a a rocket spinoff where it's just Rocket alone because I feel like it's okay to like like a rocket like TV show spinoff. If the, if Disney wanted to do that, I think would be really fun and cute. Um, but I think in terms of, I, I think a lot of people collectively are kind of done with the superhero films. I think we need to go on to something else. I think they've, you know, they've been running their course for like 12, 15 years now at this point. So I think like now I'm really hoping, you know, Marvel and DC takes a step back. I know it sounds crazy, but I hope they take a step back from superhero movies and try out something new and different. I think it's just fatigue. I think they got too carried away with it. Um, I especially saw it after like Spider-Man, the, I think the multiverse Spider-Man, they definitely took advantage of how much people were excited and loved it. And they put out just a bunch of stuff and it really just, it's fatigue. I can't keep up anymore. And I feel like people feel the same way. You know, especially yeah. with newer and the actors shows. too. Like, I'm sure that these actors are wanting to do something different sure. and and expand, but you know, they're being held down to a role. Like, 
Robert Downey Jr., you know, was held down to Iron Man for years, for yeah. years and years and years. And now we finally get to see him in roles like Oppenheimer and things like that, where he can really shine. And so, you know, I think it's okay that they kind of distance themselves. Like, I think about when um, the Disney um, streaming platform launched, WandaVision was incredible. I'm okay with getting Marvel-y and superhero content like that if I'm getting it like every two to three years and they're giving me the best that they can, like a quality like WandaVision, you know? A hundred percent. Just space it out and make it like good quality. I feel like they're just rushing a lot of it. And they're also just not, uh, oh my goodness. Uh, sorry, my phone rang. They're also just not, I feel like, listening to the fan base. Maybe they are now because I just, I don't know, they keep giving us things that we did not ask for. Yeah, like I feel like Ant-Man was already a pretty weak, and I say Ant-Man because I think like there was literally an Ant-Man sequel and like no one heard about it um, and it came out in 2023. So, yeah. Um, and like they're doing like some stuff with like, like I think it's um it's Brie Larson's character um and I I'm just not it it just feels very forced it feels very cash grabby um you know so same with DC too like DC doing um I I also still think it was a a crappy thing to do even though it wasn't as bad as I had thought it was going to be that newer I think it's Justice League movie with Ezra Miller and things like that you know community scarer Ezra Miller you know the the man underneath your bed or I'm sorry the they them underneath your bed um (laughs) who scares you in the middle of the night like that's I think they really messed up with with doing that that was that was a Warner Brothers issue they released a flash and then Aquaman 2 which nobody wanted at that point no one wants I couldn't believe. I didn't they really are just like we're casting villains in real life and just putting them as the heroes. I kind of feel bad for them. I kind of feel like it's not because I I think they, I don't know what happened, but I think they filmed both of these movies or started to film or had some kind of contract with the actors before the events took place. So that's why I'm just like, dude, you everybody got they got screwed. And then they, I, I assume they have to release because of the money and the people involved. Well, and also it, it just happened with Jonathan Majors. Jonathan yeah, Majors was set to sucks. be the front runner of this brand new intense Marvel movie and everything. And um, it's not going well, but it's okay because they're eyeing a better actor. Boom. They're eyeing, I believe his name is Coleman Domingo. Love him. He is great. I'd rather that see him familiar. than... Um, he was... Um, the best that I know him and I thought he was really excellent is he was the sponsor for um, Zendaya and Euphoria, but he's also been in like a ton of other things too. Oh, I, I know who that is. Oh yeah. yeah he's so great. He's a great actor. And he recently was in, um, the name is escaping me, but he he's really a diverse actor. And I've, I've always thought he's just been able to like captivate a scene really well so i would rather him in a movie like that than um you know jonathan majors and you know jonathan majors was a good actor but i'm sorry but you know kind of a crappy human you know for and convicted so not gonna give him any support ever (laughs) yeah yeah Oh my gosh. So I think also, I think that's also another incentive as to why Marvel and DC need to back away for a bit, that they need to just regroup, 
maybe do some more animation stuff, maybe kind of work on that instead, and then kind of dip their toe back in because they're also getting really frivolous and really crazy and just kind of putting in these actors and stuff. And it's blowing up back in their face because these actors are literally committing crimes or standing on trial. And it's just very, very crazy. I know. Like with Ezra Miller, you're telling me, you're telling me you couldn't have just go, okay, bye Ezra. And then call in Logan Lerman. And I, my attention would have been 10 times more on that film. Come on. Like there's, there's other things that they could have done. Probably. I don't know if it was like a contract issue. I don't even know. Like I have a feeling it's probably money. Like to scrap the whole thing would have like cost them. I think probably I wouldn't be surprised if these actors have in their clause where if they get fired or something like that, that essentially if, if I could see them saying if they have completed the work for a movie and the film decides not to release the movie or um, decides to scrap it or, you know, something else or like fire them after the production of the film, that maybe they are entitled to some type of monetary value, like essentially like an estimate of what would have been made is what I think. So like, I think that's why they're just kind of biting their lip and pushing it out because they're probably thinking, well, if we, we can either push it out and then use that money to pay them or not release it and that money's coming out of our pocket and we'll never see a profit from it. Yeah, 100%. That's what could I'm be. thinking. But it could uh, be different well, things. They, they learned their lesson because both of those movies just tanked. So we'll yeah. see what they do now. Yeah. Um, okay, give me another movie that you saw. All right. So I'm going to talk about two. Okay. Because they kind of go together, kind of. Um, Barbenheimer, Barbie, okay, and Oppenheimer. Um, I think Barbie, no matter how you feel about Barbie, it's just one of those things that did like revolutionize movies. Um, it really brought the theaters back for sure. I mean, Barbie was the blockbuster of the summer. I had a very good time at the theater. I had a great yeah. theater experience watching it. And it was really fun to see everybody so into the movies. Like, as a movie fan, even if I'm not particularly like, oh, like, this isn't my favorite. Like, I love seeing people dress up and have fun and laugh. Yeah. And it was fun. Like, I had a I had a good time with the movie. There are some things I love about it. There are some things I could leave. Um, but the cast was, I mean, like, Margot Robbie and Ryan Rosling, Ryan Gosling, perfect perfect barbie and ken um i don't i can't see anybody better for that it was just a lot of fun and mm-hmm. i definitely like if you want a good time if you just kind of want to shut your brain off and like watch a very pink setting and like just laugh a little bit it's perfect um great theater experience and i really liked it i really like what it did for the movies same with oppenheimer barbenheimer that weekend um oppenheimer was and it's funny because i i hear a lot of people I've been hearing a lot of like negative things about Oppenheimer, actually, believe it or not. Um, People don't like it. It's boring and it's too long. I will say like, I could not sit through the whole thing. I had to go to the bathroom and I had one of those apps (laughs) that told me when to go to the bathroom because I was like, all right, I got to find a point. Um, But I think the, 
that whole production did a great job with the material they were giving. I love Killian Murphy. I've loved him for a very long time from Peaky Blinders. He was also in a thriller that I really like called The Red Eye with, I think it's called The Red Eye with Rachel McAdams. I've just been such a fan of him and to see him get the recognition is awesome. The cast was awesome. I really loved the story. Yes, it's long. Yes, you know, it, it, you got to focus and it, it could be a lot. But I, I really liked it. And again, I loved what these movies did for the movies. So got to give them their credit where credit is due. Yeah. And so I did see Oppenheimer. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was more so like, a oh, yeah, it's good. But my my kind of like thing about it was like, of course, it was going to be good. You know, like it, it, it was too much for it to not be good. So I don't think it was Nolan's best. I thought it was. No, a it's not my film. favorite. Yeah, I thought it was really well acted, well written, long, you know, the shtick of it. Um, But I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a great film. And I do think it deserves all the accolades and the awards that it is winning because I do think it's overall an impressive film. It's not as impressive as I had hoped or wanted, but it still met um, Christopher Nolan expectations for me. So Oppenheimer was good. I did not see Barbie. Couple of reasons. One. Um, I think by the time it came out, I was actually doing rotations. So I was like, yeah, I was doing like 40 hours a week, um, for like six weeks at a rotation site. And it was one of those things where I just kind of felt like I, I knew it before I even watched it because by the time I was available to go see the movie, I felt like everything had been spoiled. Like I felt oh, yeah. like I was just seeing all the scenes, like and even Barbie, like the the actual like Warner Brothers was like posting um like clips from the movie on their YouTube channel and stuff. And so I, I just felt like I I had watched it even though I didn't watch it. Um you know, it's funny cuz you said people go to the movies and you know it's it's a good time and stuff and kind of part of my brain said Maybe I don't like having a good time. And maybe that's why I didn't have the strong urge to see Barbie. But I do want to give it a shot. I want to give it a fair shot when it's kind of on the hush-hush again. And maybe maybe within the next two to three months, especially after award season, when people aren't talking about it as much. Because it's just been consistent communication. I, I love what it's done for <laughs> movies. I, I love what it's done for movies in terms of bringing people out, bringing people to dress up. Like I will always love and respect it for that. But in terms of an overall story that I'm attracted to, I think I'll enjoy it. But like, it's probably not going to be a memorable movie experience for me, but I'm not going to let that deter me away from watching it one day. I think you would like Ryan Ross Gosling for sure. I think that's kind of up your alley. I think unfortunately the bad thing about TikTok and social media is if you don't, sometimes if you don't see movies right away and you're on like movie sites, the whole thing is ruined. And I think that does suck. Um, That's a part of like social media that like, it's hard because like, yeah, you, you want to be in the movie news, but then you're like, oh, great. I just find that's, that's actually what happened to me with Gardens of the Galaxy. I kind of knew yeah. about Rocket before it happened. So like, it was one of those things where like, oh man, okay. Like I got to stay off TikTok. So I don't blame you for sure. I feel I like, feel like now- trailers, God, like trailer editing needs to be reformed because I watch a trailer and I'm, I sit back. Sometimes I go, why am I going to watch the movie? You just spoiled everything for me. No, There's no sure. more secrets. Like you've told me everything from beginning to end. And so and I, I feel like that that hinders a movie 
Like people don't realize that a trailer that reveals too much is an easy way to get no one to see your movie because you haven't left anything mysterious or anything interesting about it. And I felt like, although everyone was going to see Barbie for the hype of it and for, you know, the fun of it and for the movie experience, that's how I felt about Barbie where I'm like, oh, like I understood exactly what it was about and the message that it was trying to convey. And I knew how it was going to end just from the trailer and then everything else kind of trickled from headlines from spoilers from all things like that you know what movie did so yeah i i agree um i unfortunately think nowadays like i i think you could tell what barbie was about from the trailer and then on top of that the 57 clips they they, they posted afterwards i will say the a movie that did it geniusly is barbarian the marketing yes. for that movie everybody should take notes cuz I didn't know what I was getting into when I saw that movie. Awesome. And I, I think we need to stop spoiling movies from the trailers. I don't want to know yeah. anything about the movie. Just show me the characters. Like, you don't a... have to lie. Like, you don't have to no, lie about what your movie false is. False advertisement, of course. No, no but and, and what's so great about Barbarian is you genuinely think that the trailer is reflective based on what you saw in, like, the first 30 minutes of the movie. And then it takes yeah. that sharp turn and kind of unravels everything. We don't even need that much of a sharp turn. Just give me a little like just give me some things where I just go oh what's that oh I don't know I have to see the movie to figure it out I understand like just give me like little like I don't need you to spoon feed me the entire information give me just a little like a teensy little bit of context clues so that way I can go oh I want to see what's going to happen next yeah for sure but I will say I think regardless I think you'll have a I I don't know I don't think you'll like it'll be your favorite movie but I think like you'll giggle with Barbie. I think you'll like the colors. I think you'll like the sets and stuff. So I do think it's worth eventually like checking it out because I think, yeah, it, it was a fun watch. I think sure. I li- I'll like the And I actually already know that I like the music because I've listened to the soundtrack of it and I love yeah. the Billie Eilish song. Um, Ryan Gosling singing is great and everything. So I know that I'll enjoy it when I get to it. It's just, I kind of want to like enjoy it without, you know, it's one of those things where if I, and I'm, I, I know the option is I just don't have to post about it. It's one of those movies where if I post about it on social media, like to my stories, I'm going to have like 10 people go, oh my God, this scene and this scene and this. It's one of those types of movies, which is fine. It brings people together and stuff, but kind of want to wait until after the, the award season to go see it. Uh, yeah, I think that's good. I think that's fine. You'll, you'll be able to do it in peace. Um, so your turn. Okay. Next movie I have on the list was Oppenheimer. So we already talked about it. One that I have on my list that you and I actually saw together. And I think it's the only film that we saw together in 2023 in the movie theaters was (laughs) FNAF. I'm not that pretty. I will say I, it was fun. Obviously video game, um, you know, renditions are so tough to do, but honestly, I think it, it wasn't bad. I, I, I enjoyed it. I was a little, it wasn't what I was expecting, but it also was a little bit better than, you know, like I, I, I thought it was pretty good. Like a lot of people I felt like were ragging on the film. Um, but I, I thought it was, you know, pretty enjoyable. Like it, it was like, it was okay. It wasn't a disappointment. I felt like it, it did um, live up to like the video game expectation of it and more so. So I liked it. It was nice. I had a good time. I thought it was fun. 
Uh, for the record, um, before we saw the movie, I actually gave Savannah a, uh, Freddie Fazbear puppet that she had <laughs> in the theater. And that also really heightened the experience of it. Oh yes. And it was really fun too. That was another situation where everybody in the theater was like, had some FNAF shirt or like FNAF item. Um, so that was fun. I thought that was a good time. Big mistake, not having Markiplier in the film. I would have given it a 10 out of 10 if I had seen Markiplier once. The <laughs> Matt Pat, and this is, I'm going to show how much of a nerd I am now. The Matt Pat and the Corey Kenshin cameos were nice, but I needed Markiplier in there. That would have really meant a lot more to me. Also, love Josh Hutcherson. This has reignited my love with Josh Hutcherson. I feel like <laughs> he is so underrated. Um, not saying that this performance of his was like incredible, but it just kind of made me realize I'm like, oh, I'm, I miss like the Josh Hutcherson era of films, like the the Hunger Games and stuff, because I, I really enjoyed the Hunger Games when they first originally came out. Um, and also one of my favorite shows of all time is Future Man with... Um, um, Josh Hutcherson. So it was nice seeing him back in movies. I felt like I haven't seen him in anything for so long. And the good news is they're making a second one with him. Uh, I, I hope it's the um, security breach version of it. Oh, yes. And I hope Markiplier is in that. He better be. So essentially, Markiplier said that he could not be in the FNAF movie because he himself is working on his own movie, which I'm excited for because it is a horror movie known as The Iron Lung. So I'm hoping that it gets released this year. He said it's going to be like a full theater experience where he does want it released. So I am very ready for that. And that is on my hopefully it comes out in 2024 list. I love it. I am very excited for that. It'll be something we'll both go to the theater for again. Yes. And then, okay, so what is your next film? Oh my gosh, it's something we watched together. Really? What? Am I missing something? I think so. I think we might be missing one thing. It's called Sanctuary. (gasps) That's a 2023 film? I believe so. We okay. saw it in 2023. In my- <laughs> I know we saw it in 2023, but maybe I know sometimes dates and stuff could be a little tricky because it was like a film festival premiere. Uh. So that tends to sway things. But oh my God, uh, if that is, I'm looking it up right now. I think it was released. I think it was like film circulation 2022, but I think it was released at least because it was available on demand. I saw it. We saw yes. it relatively sooner. Um, as soon as they got on demand. So I think it, it did technically come out this year for the public. You are totally right. So I'm looking at it right now. It started premiering in festivals in late 2022. But as of, it says United States, like New York City premiere was May 11th, 2023. And oh, the- theater released May 19th. Man, yeah, that's top of the list. Sanctuary? Holy crap. That was a, a fun, fun movie. It's so funny because I remember when I was trying to describe the plot to you, you were like, okay, if you really want to watch it. And then the 20, first 20 minutes of the movie, I'm sweating. I'm like, oh no. Oh my gosh. Oh I yeah. Think- Cause you didn't watch it beforehand. Like we no. watched it together for the first time. And you were looking at me like, are you sure? Because I I remember too, the first 20 minutes is, I don't know if it was graphic, but it was going in a direction that we weren't sure about. It was a lot of foreplay. (laughs) It was a lot of it. And it was very extended and we were like, okay. And there was like grinding and things like that. And there was some stuff, but... And I think maybe we skipped only like one minute of it until they started talking again. Yeah. But 
It was a great film. It was so funny, dramatic, awesome. Like, I loved it. There's one line in there that I think literally killed us for like 30 minutes. (laughs) There's a line where, um, and I'm forgetting the actor's name, but he is the actor from um, Girls. He plays, um, was it Marnie? Marnie's- uh, Marnie's boyfriend. I can't remember his name, but he also was in um, the horror movie, Possessor. Oh, Possessor. Yes. He was also in Possessor. I'm going to look up his name right now. Oh, but- there's like one line and his name is Christopher Abbott, which yes. does not look like his name. Christopher Abbott is the main name of like an elderly British man, <laughs> not this young guy who kind of looks Puerto Rican. Yeah, so, true. you know, so um, Christopher Abbott has this one line and it's something akin to like, he's like dissing the main lead. Um, which is played by, and I'll actually be mentioning her later, Margaret Qualley. Yes. Um, but he's mentioned, he's like, you get your vegan ice cream because you're lactose intolerant. Like it is the best <laughs> line in the movie and the way that he says it is so good. It is such a unique drama romance and I'm so happy because I it was something I looked up I was like oh I think that was a 2022 film so that's why I didn't add it to the list but that was easily like top three for me I loved it I'm so glad we took a chance on it um the movie is so impressive it takes place in like a really extended hotel room and the two main actors are fantastic I love Margaret Qualley I think she's great um I think people talk a lot about nepotism and nepo babies, but she's one of those people I think genuinely has talent. I saw her in a show called Made as well. This I think it was this year or last year. Awesome. I I really lo- love her. I think she's I think she's great. Um, I'm gonna say this was the year of like unconventional love stories. Yes, this was the year, and I'm here for it. I think the the next movies I'm gonna talk about are all like romantic in some way or have romantic parts of their movies. Um, I'm here for it. I, I know you're here for it. I know that's your bread and butter too. So hey, don't start. So, so I'm a specific niche. It's so funny because <laughs> when someone says, oh, you like romance films, they think of love actually. Well, I you said know, unconventional. Did. I was, I tried to be specific. <laughs> I like it's, I specifically have a niche and it is romance films starring international psychotic couples. <laughs> That is my niche. That is my bread and butter. Anything remotely similar, I'm going to love. Give me unstableness. I don't need, I don't need sex. Okay. That is not for the, that's the not type of romance for me. Give me just, I'm looking in someone's brain and I'm like, wow, like there's, there's a lot of stuff that's messed up in there. There's a lot of trauma. That's what I like in a movie. (laughs) Well, um, I feel like this was a very, uh unconventional but also in a way like they had their problems but their problems kind of brought them together and they were able to come up with a really like sweet conclusion um so it turns into this weird like sexual deviancy plot and by the way it's not it's not physically super graphic if that's something you're worried about like yes there's a lot of like language that like just to be aware of but like it's not physically graphic it's nothing like you wouldn't be able to turn on and watch um it turns into it starts as a that but then it actually has a really sweet conclusion like it's like really cute maybe like it's pretty obvious like when like because we like I said I think we fast forwarded maybe two minutes total but yeah that's also because 
you know, pardon me, I'm not a fan of watching sex scenes with my cousin. So peace and love um, <laughs> is just not something I'd like to share the atmosphere with you. That's a boundary, you know. Um, but I really love Sanctuary. It's actually like one of the only films that I've seen in recent years that's newer that I'm like, I gotta get that shit on DVD. Like, yeah. I really, really love that movie. I, no joke, have had the DVD in my Amazon cart for like six months at this point. I will be buying it one day. <laughs> um, but yes, that is definitely a favorite of the year. I'm glad we took a chance on that. Now, we were talking about um, romance films and deviants, and I think you have two things on your list that kind of go alongside with it. And I think, I haven't seen these movies, but I think what you can say about them are going to cause controversy. Oh, and I say, God. lay it out, speak your truth. Okay. Remember, I'm a safe space. The comments might not be, <laughs> but I'm a safe space. And whatever you feel is is totally valid about the movie. All right. Let's, let's kind of, let's do uh, some negative talking before I get into my final three. Let's do it. Let's just, let's just rip apart. Let's go. So movie number one of, I, I don't want to say disappointments, but I'll just say not the best movie experience for you. Yeah. Which one we're doing first? I think we should start with Saltburn. Oh, guys, I'm sorry. This this was not for me. Um, so this was one of those movies I can very validly say I didn't know what I was getting into. Point blank, period. I was interested. I liked the director a lot. I liked Promising Young Woman. I really... Uh, liked her work so I was like let me give this movie a shot they have Barry Keon they have Rosamund Pike they have Jacob Elordi like this is a stellar cast okay let me paint the scene for you everybody I am in a pretty empty AMC theater there might be seven people with me so I'm like great this is gonna be a great experience gonna be quiet <laughs> if you've seen the movie you know it's graphic okay and the graphic scenes are extra long so you can imagine my horror when all seven of us are just slowly looking at each other throughout the whole movie. And we're like, oh, I could, the movie, it felt tense. It felt uncomfortable. And everybody's different ages. And I'm glad they were uncomfortable too, because I'm like, if they were just like, yeah, this is great. I would have been like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Um, but I'll tell you the real reason I have a problem with this movie, other than the uncomfortable long sequences. I really think that this is, a purple noon rip off a little bit. This is not of our podcast. This is yes. Um, so okay, what Savannah told me, she was like, "This is a purple noon rip off." I'm like, "You mean Emerald Fennel made a podcast <laughs> about two two girls talking about movies?" I was shocked, and then I realized she was talking about talented Mr. Ripley type of purple noon. Yes, and I'll explain why. Right. Um. I won't get into too many spoilers if you wanted to see the movie. And let me just say, like, production-wise, uh, dialogue-wise, and acting-wise, it's actually a solid movie. I am just upset because the plot is extremely similar to what happens in The Talented Mr. Ripley. A disturbed young man lies to get in the good graces of his rich friend and then slowly wants to take over his life. And he does that by murder and more lies and more covering up. 
So what you're she- not the only one who has compared it to that. I know for some reason Emerald Fennel is is like really tight lipping and not trying to say that that's an inspo at all. But I literally read the review from RogerEbert.com and the first like few lines it says this talented Mr. Ripley spinoff. So I don't think it's wrong to say that if multiple people are pointing it out. Well, I was just surprised because it, it it is very like. If you haven't seen it, I, I understand genuinely. But if you have seen those movies, you're kind of like, yes, she did her own thing. And the movie, I, I I do give her credit. Like the movie is very beautiful. The actor, she picked a great cast. And I do like her, which is, it, it hurts me to even say this because I, I think she's good. I'm just very disappointed that like, that's not said to be an inspiration. Because for me, it is literally just a more graphic version of the talented Mr. Ripley set in England. Yeah that's it so i'm not understanding and i I understand if people haven't seen the movie the first one is like 60 years old the second one is 25 years old now right we're talking about older movies in general but i don't know like i just find it hard to believe she hasn't seen either of those i Mm -hmm. would i would just be surprised to hear that like this just kind of came from her and if it did come from her I'm surprised nobody told her, hey, like, this is, a, did did you see that? Like, it's it's yeah. similar. That's all. I, just a really big purple noon stan. And again, I'm not for very long graphic sequences, especially when I feel like they're made to shock us rather than tell us something about the character. Because I think we could have used one or two of those scenes we got about five or six of really long graphic sequences that I just think was made to shock us. And it was used under the guise of like, oh, well, this is a movie for the girls. This is like, we're going to switch the lens on male to female. My thing is, I got nothing from that. (laughs) Did other people get something from that? Maybe. I don't know. But I just kind of, I think I would have enjoyed the movie if they just cut four of those scenes out. Well, I you know what's it really funny? So more and more people, as like with the award seasons going on, and people are interviewing Barry Keoghan. Are, oh, Keoghan. I think it's Keoghan. I don't know. I don't know. I say Keegan, but I could be wrong. I just look at it, and I try to pronounce it with an Irish accent, and I go, <laughs> it's Barry Keoghan. Barry Keoghan. That, that sounds right. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but essentially, um, I, I've been finding out in this disturbs me to my core that a lot of the scenes are improvised i know the scenes by name i may have not seen them but i've read them and have described to me and also like understand like what's happening in the scene and do you know how many times barry keoghan is coming out and going like that was just me doing my thing that was me improving, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like apparently the biggest thing that they're saying now is that the grave scene is just him going, can I do one more take and go off the cuff and producing the grave scene? Okay, he needs a break because now this is my problem. He's joker-brained. Every, he's no, joker-brained. They're just making this guy do psychotic. He's he's going through Evan Peters right now, the same situation where he's taking these really disturbing, like what he's been in Sacred Killing of a Deer. He's been in what, some other, he, he, he's played Joker. He's literally like all these really scary when you think of him you think of like oh this guy's a little bit off his rocker because they keep giving him these roles or he keeps seeking them out he needs a break you need to do something fun do a comedy do something else because if you're improvising that scene that's crazy to me 
Like if 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 he's and he's a, so reportedly saying he's a method actor. It's like cool. You know, method actors could also use therapy. Like <laughs> you know, like you can you can method your way to the clinic. You know, get some help. <laughs> um, but it's it's it it's just. I think of just getting really tired of people using the word feminism to just do wacky shit. <laughs> like I would never so ever <laughs> ever say like oh yeah like um Last Tango in Paris is a feminine film. I would never say that. Even though there are feministic elements Yes. Um, to films like that and maybe even showing struggles of feminism I don't I don't just use that word lightly I don't just go yeah that's uh, she killed him that's feminism right there no but this isn't no. even feminism because the main like okay small spoiler for everybody so if you don't want to hear this just skip a little bit but he wins in the end he yeah. gets everything he wants for me that's not what okay so we see his body and we like we're not looking at from the female like we're looking at it I guess quote unquote through the female gaze that's supposed to be the feminist part but like my thing is it's like this psychopath of a man won what but are we doing? also like I don't understand why okay Jacob Elordi bathtub scene haven't fully no, seen it I, I know really... about it just oh. because you are a female who would love to be in that bathtub with Jacob Elordi does not mean that the scene that you had witnessed with Barry Keoghan was a feminist film. Because if you look at a guy and go, I'm a girl, I would do that. Feminism. That's not, that's transitive property. That's not they're, feminism. They're, they're that's the transitive saying, property. It's feminism because of the scene. I don't know if you read the scene with um, the girl that plays Jacob Elordi's sister, or it's like a so, sexual interaction. Yes, it's, I don't know, man. I don't know why that's considered that. I mean, I guess because it's like, oh, well, it's about the female and that, but it's still kind of like, dude, I don't really. That who is who who is this for? Who's that doing? What what's this doing for feminism? That's my thing. What what, like, what is this it, doing for our side? I, I guys? think it's it's one of those things where like with feminism and stuff, there has to be like a message about it. Like, please don't tell me you are trying to convey the struggles of being a woman with a period in that scene. Don't don't try to spin it that way. Like, just say you're a little freaky. You wanted to go off the cuff. You wanted to, you want to wow people and you wanted to shock people by putting in a scene like that. And you had actors who were willing to do it, but don't just don't try to like, just, just say you're a little freaky. I would rather say like, yeah, I would, ra I would love it. I would eat it up. If a director was like, yeah, I'm a little freak. I put this scene in. <laughs> I love you if you're saying that. But if you're like, I put this scene in for women. <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, there's the, the some 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 women, you know, like a little like a little romance, like a little kiss. <laughs> Things like that, you know? And it goes different for everyone. And I'm sure like there are definitely people who love salt burn because it was just one big If you like it because it's goofy and crazy, all power to you. And I'm not taking that away from and anybody. If you because... found if you like someone that found saltburn erotic and you enjoyed it good for you but please don't try to tell me this was a win for women when i see crazy shit like that i it, you know i just i'm disappointed because i know she makes like promising young woman in my opinion was more of a feminist movie because 
aside from the comic book, you know, kind of storyline of her being, you know, vendetta and everything, it talked about what happens to women during yeah. like that, like when you um, unfortunately. And I loved movie. Promising Young Woman. I loved. I thought it, it was had, great. It had a message. It I, had a message. Exactly. It, it used a a. A, a a woman's trauma. I'm sorry if you hear my dog. No, I, I just wild. hear them going off. It's okay. <laughs> um, um, but I it's because I think my dad went to go get the mail. Um, <laughs> and you know anyone leaves my house for ten seconds, they're barking, and then my 15 year old Yorkie is just going off. Um, but yeah, it, it's just one of those things where with uh, you know, it was using trauma for some type of justice, but also in terms of a movie to bring out something like a, a, a moral issue, um, as well as to bring out like a, a, a struggle that women go through. And like I said, love promising young woman, but I don't understand how Barry Keoghan going goofy on a grave <laughs> is, is a win for me is a, is, is not even a win for me, but like, I, can you imagine like, like realistically like her going i did this for women i don't know about that i think you did that for you and that's okay if you did that for you like and it's kind of the same way i feel about just even knowing about the next movie that you also saw and you had a two for two back to back psychosexual experience in a movie theater (laughs) it wasn't guys i was tired that month i you, oh we were literally God. like, you need a break. Like I was suggesting like sh- watching Shrek with you just to give you like <laughs> that deep of like a palate cleanser and not dissing on, you know, um, uh, Shrek or anything like that. Love Shrek. But like, I was just like, no, we need to go back. Like we need to go back to the way it was and we need to reform and we need to go through and like go through like penance and, and uh, obliterate that from you because you had just been through the ringer back to back with these two films. Okay, so listen, everybody. Part two of my my very tired week. So it was my birthday, guys. It was my actual birthday, and my husband took me to this really nice theater. Um, like, it, it's a wild way too, but it's a really nice theater. And the way the theater is set up is essentially it's set up like a restaurant, and you have a little table, and they bring in it's like really comfy chairs, and it's an open seating. Um, you can see everybody too. It's a really beautiful movie theater. Okay. I, me and him heard nothing. And maybe this is my fault. Maybe I just need to research a little bit more um, movies. I thought poor things. And this is what I saw. I saw poor things was going to be a Frankenstein movie. Um, I thought it was going to be like steampunk and coming of age. You could imagine my horror when 20 minutes into the movie, I actually find out what it's about. And when I tell you guys, it never stopped. It never stopped from beginning to, to end. And let me all just say, I'm trying to eat my chicken tenders that I ordered. <laughs> and everyone in the theater with us was not, they it's were It's equivalent older. to like, can you imagine eating dinner with your family and you have like <laughs> someone there at the dinner table and they're literally moaning, like actual like euphoric moaning while eating. It's the worst experience. <laughs> it taints whatever you're eating. So to be in a room, in a movie theater like that in under lights because this is a dining theater experience and you know that they have the lights on and everything for you to go through that as you're eating chicken tenders and you're hearing you know emma stone i think what calling an appendage wee wee or something like that must have been quite the experience for you furious jumping is what it was called let's call it furious jumping because that's what it was called in the movie 80 percent of the movie was furious jumping guys 
I was absolutely <laughs> jumping. I just yes. realized I was like, what's she talking about? Yes. I'm putting together <laughs> what you're trying to allude to. Furious jumping. Again, maybe it's my fault because the trailer, like I knew there was going to be a little bit because there is a part where you do see something. I knew there was going to be a little bit. And I was like, okay, if there's like a few scenes, like I'm going to adult, I can handle it. It's not going to taint the movie for me. It was not, it was not. And for anybody that's thinking about going to see this, go see it by yourself. Because I saw with my husband, I was mortified. I heard some people were taking their mothers and <laughs> I do not understand. Um, so let me talk about the positives. Really cool set design, steampunk. Let me talk about the negatives. Um, <laughs> I was expecting more. I was expecting so much more for you to say. Okay. Um, acting was good. Acting was great, actually. Cast was great. Okay. I think this was a movie. People love this movie, too. People think this is a masterpiece. People think, you know, I've heard the critique of like, oh, this is making fun of men and like their view of women and sexual situations and... Okay, you guys, look, I think this is another movie being packaged as a feminist movie when it's it's really not. I thought this movie was actually a little bit backwards for me. It's not my type of feminism because a little bit of a spoiler, Emma Stone for most of the movie actually has like an infant's brain. In fact, the whole movie, the, essentially the Frankenstein part of it, a little bit of a spoiler, is they resurrect a woman by taking her baby's brain. Okay, she, she was pregnant, putting it in her brain. And the whole movie, you're seeing this child woman go through what they are calling womanhood, what I'm just calling like sexual situations. And I find it not feministic at all I think there were a lot of themes that are quite backwards such as her and, and people are going to be like you didn't get it fine maybe I didn't get it maybe I didn't get the point I just did not like that this is being packaged to be a feminist movie because she oh she's her own person at the end that's well, wonderful bestie of course right. you know that when a woman is young in the brain and they're developing the first thing that they do is they want to touch themselves like you know at four years Ugh. old every young girl goes through that you know and it three I, years i've old. gotten the critique of like well it's a yorgos film okay i saw the favorite i loved the favorite the favorite was phenomenal. I love the lobster. Now the favorite also had some sexual situations. The lobster had some sexual situations. Oh, as with well. adults. Yes, but this was also over eighty percent of the movie. Okay, yeah. fine. Maybe I'm not being a grown up about it. Whatever. I'm just having a hard time with this idea that our independence comes from sexual situations and we have the right to be sexually free and freedom and that's all good and stuff but yeah. that's what the point of the movie is making about feminism so yeah my it's thing almost, is, it almost feels like they're kind of saying like in order for like in modern times in order for you to become a woman and grow and to learn you must go through an only fans phase and then recover from it and then find god it just feels like that is <laughs> the blueprint that people want us to be sometimes. And it's like, like, I'm all about like, you do you and stuff, but like, don't like, let's not apply it as like a, a general phenotype or anything like that. You know, it was also just very like, 
not an intelligent movie. It's very much on the nose because they talk about how a lot about like, oh, it's her life. It's her body. It's her mind. It's her freedom. And it's like, at least be creative with it. If you're going to make a movie like this, don't regurgitate the same BS that everybody else does. Like those, those, uh, those ideas might be good and well, but at the end of the day, like it's not a creative idea and it's not, I just having a hard time. And, and there are a lot of people are like, well, she loses the babiness and men start not to like her. Yeah. But she, talked like a baby for yeah but you still made three actors go and do rounds on her in a voice and saying things that only would be akin to a child so it's it's just it's even if like that even if your ghost los animos is someone who just looks at this and like i thought this was very funny i thought it was a funny little situation it doesn't mean that it's like should have been greenlit like i don't think i would have had a problem with the amount of sex and stuff that you say that is in the film and stuff if they had said like oh yeah like she bonked her head and like or they have to give her something else and she has no memory and amnesia and stuff like that and you know she even if it was like more like that i feel like it would have been okay but it's the deliberate fact of like that a child her child's mind is input in her which also is kind of like really messed up because you said that she like attempts to commit suicide while while pregnant, right? Yes, and we find out later it's because she's in a really abusive marriage. Yeah. Really, really abusive, horrific situation for her. Um, but I don't know. I think the idea of like resurrecting her and then using the kids, like that's that's already a So uh, it's I like so so she goes through an abusive relationship to then being child-minded complicit and forced to forget about her own like motherhood journey essentially and she finds out later later what happened to her and like again i they try to spin this a lot of ways it's just for me it fell flat like i understand what they were trying to do but it felt like a weak attempt at giving us like a movie about feminism it, it really yeah. was. And like towards the end, like she's intelligent and she, you know, this and that, and she gets her vengeance on her ex-husband. It's it, it just, again, I think I'm, I'm really tired of movies saying there's a feminist perspective and then everyone going, yes, it's a feminist film because the women went, it's like, dude, okay. I, I think we deserve a little bit better. Or like, if you're going to do stuff like this, if you're going to make it that theme, be creative. Yes. The plot, like the, the world is creative, but the plot in terms of like what the meaning is, is not very creative. It's not very like, I don't know. Yeah. And like, I look, I'm a fan of sexually deviant films. We all know that. I know you but are. I yes. think, <laughs> yes, you are, Stephanie. Admit <laughs> it. Um, but like, there's for at least for me, such an intense boundary when it comes to the idea of children being placed in these films and the use of children being placed in these types of films. Um, I told you that Red Rocket's one of my favorite movies and literally in the middle of the movie, I almost walked out because I thought that they were using a very young actress who was underage because it's just, you gotta, it's a boundary. That's a boundary for me. I don't, I don't mess around with that stuff. I don't like trekking, even if it was in Yorgos's mind for a comedic sake to just kind of have this and be playful with sex and stuff. The fact that you've already established it is a child-minded person not only is, and I'm not going to start throwing around the um, P word around, but it's just not appropriate, as well as 
it could in a way and i have heard of this before be seen as fetishizing those who have cognitive disabilities like severe cognitive disabilities to where their mental capacity is limited so it's just like uh it's just too much i feel like if if they had made the character have amnesia forget about what happened and then have this moment of awakening and realizing what's happened to her and everything i feel like that just would have been overall way better and i think it would have been used as like a way better like literary tool in terms of moving the story forward i just had like a really big problem like you said with her being child brain the whole time and i think just also a spoiler when she does i think reach what is supposed to be like adulthood or like at least early teenagers she finds her independence through prostitution yeah do you know what i'm saying with this like this is not i don't know i i think this is being packaged as something that it's not and i think this film is i don't know and people are going to be like well aren't you religious yeah but no, I, I, I think I, I genuinely think like, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm not someone who practices any religion. So it, it, it's a boundary for, for me too. And it's probably one of the reasons why I won't be seeing the film. Um, because it's just, it, it's too uncomfortable. And listen, like, I love the movie, The House That Jack Built. And I know that that is a boundary issue for some people. And I get it. And I respect it. So I'm just hoping that some people will serve us the same grace because I know that House of Jack Built is super graphic and does involve the horror use of children. And it's probably like one of the most like shocking things to see in a movie. And it's I'm not saying like, oh, my God, that was so fun to see that scene. No, <laughs> it was it, it was incredibly painful to watch. But that's why I think it's a great horror movie. Um, but and you know, if, if you don't have that boundary, that's to you, but I don't like people like, you can't just say like, how's that Jack Bill is trying to prove that America has a gun violence issue, huh? With a movie <laughs> like that, like you can't, you can't deduce it to that. So I think people just got to put out movies and not, if you don't have a moral to it, don't assign a moral to it. If, if there's one that doesn't exist, it's okay to be a little freaky. And to make your own thing as long as you're not hurting people. But with something like this, it just it crosses a moral boundary for me. I, I I guess I was surprised to see how many people also... Like, if you enjoyed this, I'm not saying there's something wrong. But, like, I, I just feel like it was... I don't know. The message was a little too on the nose for me. And I don't think they executed what he was trying to say in a good way. That's all. Um, so it wasn't for me um nothing to the cast cast was great like the steampunk thing that was going on i just felt the movie a anything that was trying to be said was overshadowed completely. yeah so it wasn't for me guys sorry not really sorry so it wasn't for us all right and do you have any more you have three more movies on your list right <sighs> yes and i will go through them quickly because i'd say these are probably my favorite of the year top okay. favorites go through them um, I really liked Maestro okay. on Netflix. I think Bradley Cooper is, oh, wow. I was very impressed. Very, very impressed with his performance. He is, in, I don't think he gets enough credit. I think he's a fabulous actor. Mm -hmm. um, same with Carrie Mulligan. I really like Carrie Mulligan. She was great too. It's really a story about Leonard Bernstein and his marriage and how his lifestyle affected his marriage and affected his wife and his family. 
Um, and it was just really interesting character pieces. I think some people are going to go into this movie thinking it's going to be about his his work. And, um, and, and they do talk a little bit about that, of course. But it was really just about the person he was and the person his wife was and how they kind of interacted with each other, how they made a life for each other. Great movie. Please watch it on Netflix. Um, really wonderful. Okay. That's also on my list. My dad said he saw it. And so I saw glimpses of it when he was watching it on the TV and he said it was really good too. So I definitely am interested. What is the next movie on your list? Priscilla. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. That's another one on my list too. So good. So I, I, I am very flippant with Sofia Coppola. I think I love Lost in Translation. I really love the Virgin but Suicides. The bling ring. We don't talk about the bling ring. We don't really talk about anything else she's really done, if I've been honest. she's. I, I sometimes feel like she can go through really highs and some really lows. But Priscilla really retrieves her in my eyes. What a great movie. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, but Jacob Elordi as Elvis, chef's kiss. So good. Sorry, Austin Butler. Probably rolling in your sleep right now. Yeah. Probably pulling out your hair. So good. Um. This is a movie from Priscilla Presley's um, experience being the wife to Elvis Presley and what she went through. Which so I think good. was needed because I did see the Elvis movie that came, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis movie. And I do think a movie from this type of perspective is so interesting and so needed. Absolutely. They really do. You could tell she also cared for Priscilla a lot. You could tell this movie was very- I can't wait to very... see a Elvis movie that doesn't have Mr. Presley <laughs> every 10 minutes. Well, the way I see it is like, the Elvis movie with Austin Butler was a celebration of how grand Elvis was, where this is a character. This is tearing him down. This is, I, I, yeah, no, I'm not going to lie. They, yeah, he's not really well pictured in this movie. I think they tried to make him more complex, but at the end of the day, like this was about a young girl that had to learn to grow up really fast and caught the eye of this major celebrity it, i really recommend it the acting is great the story is so compelling even when you know the ending you're really rooting for her you're really rooting just in general i oh, this is my second favorite movie of the year and i'm so excited to talk about my first favorite movie of okay the year. what is it what is it i actually saw this on a plane um and i cried on the plane it it's, it's past lives past lives oh my god what a beautiful film about culture and naturalization and immigration and first loves and new loves and oh my I've never seen in a really long time this I didn't feel like I was watching a movie I felt like I was watching just somebody's life take place that's how amazing the acting was I am not part of the Korean culture but I felt like oh my god <laughs> I felt like I could be in that movie because those lives like, made me feel Korean yes it made me understand I was like I understand I'm not an immigrant but I, I feel for you I, I I can almost empathize with the situation. <laughs> me when I listen to k-pop <laughs> no yeah. I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding <laughs> no but it was so the acting beautiful I I um I really hope they give some awards to the, at least the three main leads of the movie the director needs an award ASAP. She did such a wonderful job. It was the most beautiful movie I've seen in a really long time. And it's not a conventional love story because it's not really how you think it would work out. But it's so beautiful. I cried. It's emotional. You have like mixed feelings at the end of it, but you're also really happy at how it works. 
I cannot, I sing this movie's praises. I, I think this is an A24 film. I'm pretty sure that they, they're killing it, honestly. Such a beautiful movie. Please go watch it if you haven't. I feel like this movie didn't get enough love. I feel like people know about it, but I was just so surprised of how much I, I love this film. Please, Stephanie, you gotta watch it. I will. It's it's on the list and I do want to <laughs> see it. It is it's high up on the list too. Now for me, just like how your favorite movie is a movie that uh, I haven't seen, my favorite movie is a movie you haven't seen and you have to see it because I was blown away by it because I was expecting just a nice action movie, something, a fun experience. And it ended up being, in my opinion, the best movie of 2023. I don't think many other films are going to compare to it, even the list as I go through, just because it was so good. It had great timing, great action. It had a well-developed plot, incredible acting, and incredible graphics. And my number one movie of the year is Godzilla Minus One. I could not believe it. I knew I wanted to see it because I've been a big fan of Godzilla since I was a kid. Um, and I even, like, I was obsessed with Godzilla at one point. I was obsessed with Mothra. And I had, like, you know... Um, I even recently bought a Mothra Squishmallow. So I'm, I would say I'm a fan of Godzilla and I went through like a nice Godzilla period, like around seven years old or something like that. Um, and I have seen the newer ones, the American ones. They suck. This one <laughs> was incredible. Uh, watching it, they, there were, it, you know what it was when I was watching one scene, probably like within the first 30 to 40 minutes, I felt like I was watching and I don't like comparing things often, but in terms of like the shock factor and everything, I felt like I was watching like this time's Jaws with how good it was. Like in terms of like how things were sequenced, hearing everyone in the theater go, oh, oh, oh and things like that. It was so, so good. And you know, it's good too. And I already told Savannah this, when me and my boyfriend were just lasered in and watching a movie and we were capable of ignoring the couple just touching each other. <laughs> we literally oh sat gosh. right next to us, which was insane. Um, and we, we were just so enamored by the movie. Like we didn't even care. I think if I went to go see Killers of the Flower Moon, I would have strangled one of them because I would have been agitated by the movie. I would have been <laughs> agitated by them and it would have been mad. But literally Godzilla minus zero well, minus one was so good that it, it just kept my attention. The action was great. The drama was there. It was given well and it was just awesome. And I, Savannah, I think you are genuinely going to have such a good time with this movie. I'm not sure if it's going to land top 10 for you, but I think you're, you're going to really, really enjoy it. I'm really excited. I've heard nothing but like fantastic things about this movie. So I, it's on the top of my list right now. And uh, I, I've already mentioned this before, like to you, but the reason why I'm also like just so impressed with it is because compared to every other movie that came out this year, this movie only worked with a $15 million budget which is insane for a Godzilla movie. When you consider, I think the last Godzilla movie cost like 30 to 50 million very easily. So, you know, it's, and not only that too, but the director is also the head special effects artist for all of the attack scenes and everything. So even, and that led to so much more, um, 
like better scenes that were filmed so well and so greatly. So I really, really can't wait for you to see it. This is something where I'm like, if this doesn't get chucked into the Criterion Collection because they have that big Godzilla bundle, they're missing out. I'm really excited. It's on the top of my list. I'm going to see it like ASAP. The yeah, this it- is the first time I've seen like, you know, there's with I I, I kind of label like Godzilla as like a horror franchise. Um, this is the first time I've seen a horror franchise where um, you have this movie and people are saying it's as good as the original. It is as good and as important in terms of compared to all the other films as the original. So uh, it's so impressive. And I think you're, you're really going to just enjoy the experience of it. I am very, very excited. Again, it's on the top of my list. I've heard nothing but amazing things. I think I'm going to enjoy it for sure. Now, in terms of movies that I have on my list that I want to see, we already mentioned some of them. One being The Iron Claw. Um, that is an A24 film I really want to see with um, Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White. Have you heard of the movie The Killer? Yeah, with Michael Fassbender, I have, but I've heard mixed things, so I don't know, but I definitely do want to see it. I've heard, the reason why I want to see it is because it very much looks inspired by Lake Samurai, so I, it has that feel, and like, even if you look at the cover, it totally looks like the Lake Samurai cover for it, so that's on my list. Now, one of the movies that are on my list is something I'm pretty sure you said you saw, but I don't think it's in your favorites. Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. Too long? It. I think Lily Gladstone deserves all the praise. She was wonderful. It is very long and unfortunately did fall a little flat for me. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm kind of expecting that with... Scorsese film I feel like every you know year he gets older his films get older in terms of how long they are um, <laughs> so Killers of the Flower Moon is still something I'd like to give a shot um, one movie that I was like maybe I'll see but then after talking with you about it when we discussed Lolita was May December um, I'm oh I've been watching movie. like some behind the scenes and I'm just really impressed with the actor Charles Milton because I've known him from um, Riverdale and I was not expecting him to be such a pivotal role in this movie so excited to see that great movie um, Anatomy of a it. Fall 100% The Boy and the Heron Yep. Past Lives, like I said, is on the list. Zone of Interest, I know, is an effed up movie that's gonna... I cannot wait. That's gonna do good for me. (laughs) It's gonna (laughs) appease that little, the deviant part of my mind. Um, Monster, the Korean film, is a film I want to see. And then this one film I kind of just stumbled upon, and I'm like, whoa, no one spoke about this. I want to see it. And I was telling you a little bit about it. It's called The Blind Man Who Did Not Want to See the Titanic. Yes. And it's this really weird, I love the name of it. It kind of draws my attention. It's a Polish film. I really like Polish films. So I'm excited to see. I say, I really like Polish films. Meanwhile, I just like the the Three Colors trilogy. I'm such a big fan. But uh, I'm excited to see that because it definitely looked really interesting. TV shows, I watched nothing. The only th- three things that I, I want to see is The Last of Us, The Bear, and the Daryl Dixon TV show. Yeah, those are good ones. Those are the only three I want to see. What about you? This is going to be a great year for TV. I'm actually really excited uh, because I'm trying to think the 
The Fallout TV show. This is the year for me. This is the year for games. This is the year for gamers. The Fallout TV show. (gasps) Oh my god, that's going to be so good. Fallout, I'm excited for the Shogun series on Hulu that's Mm -hmm. coming out next month. I'm excited for, um, I like a show called Tokyo Vice on HBO Max. Season 2 is coming out. Um, There's a show on Prime called Mr. and Mrs. Smith that looks interesting with Donald Glover and Maya S. Esco, Esco something. She's from Pen15. Um, trying to think. There's a lot of TV that's coming out in the next year, and I'm just very excited. Very, very excited. I'm really, really excited. And then there's also one that has kind of, no one's talked about, because this movie apparently was being worked on, like, a few years ago, and, um, you know, not really anyone was mentioning about it and stuff, but I'm really excited because just from... There's barely anything on it. And like I said, you I don't think you know about it. But there is a Marlon Brando movie coming out. And it is Billy Zane playing an older oh. Marlon Brando. Really? Yes. And I am excited for it. I think it's going to be great. I think it looks really good. I have no idea. I think Billy Zane like is one of the very few people, especially with how he looks today, who could play an older Brando and look really, really good as an older Brando because he has the same eyes as Brando. So I'm not sure about acting or if he's going to nail the voice. That's going to be so difficult to do. It's so unique, but I'm excited and I'm hoping that it does finalize and come out this year. Oh, that's so cool. I'm really excited for that. I really want to see it. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any more photos of it and stuff, um, like any photos that I can show you, because I've literally only seen like the the pamphlet for it and stuff. It's based on um, a book called Waltzing with Brando, Planning a Paradise in Tahiti. So it's him kind of in his Tahiti days, which I'm for, because those were the days when he was his happiest, you know? <laughs> so I'm I'm excited to see how that's going to look. Um, and then in terms of, so that's really it for me for TVs and movies. Um, now, do you have anything else before I get into video games? No, I spoke my piece. Listen, this was a win for gamers. This was a freaking win for gamers, guys. I'm telling you, I got so much plot. I got juice. I got action. (laughs) I got great gameplay. I got so, there were definitely a lot of disappointments, but so many bangers that I could not shut up about. So Savannah knows all of these games very well because I would not shut up about it. Now, number one on my list for story, for the way the game felt, for the cinema elements of this game, Alan Wake 2. Oh my god, I played Alan Wake for the first time right before Alan Wake 2 came out because I everyone was telling me that I was going to like it. I really enjoyed Alan Wake 1. I love Alan Wake 2. It is so good and I've shown Savannah so many clips from it because I was just so impressed with the mixing of like real life storytelling um, and live action video elements and incorporating it to a video game, which is so cool. Resident Evil 4 Remake. If you know, you know. That's all I got to say. Great game, fun, played it, beat it three times. Great story, great fun, did the, the original justice. Final Fantasy 16. If I could hit my 
table right now <laughs> and just get out all these emotions. I'm almost done with it. I am 50 hours in of Final Fantasy 16 and I am 92% done. That's what my PS5 tells me, that I'm 92% done with it and I don't want it to end. I don't want this thing to end. <laughs> I have been strung into a fantasy story and I'm not a fantasy person, but now I am. This, I played the demo, two and a half hour demo and before beating final fantasy 16 i bought the soundtrack i bought five other final fantasy games because that is how good final fantasy 16 is to me right now and i already spoiled the ending for myself and i am i know i'm going to have an out of body sobbing reaction when i get to the ending of this game savannah knows she can attest she hears me talk about it all the time I watched a clip, in fact. I showed her the clip. I showed her, I was mourning. I was mourning, <laughs> and I showed her the clip. Now, this one kind of relates to movie news and kind of relates to what's coming out in the future, Death Stranding. I played the director's cut that came out in 2023. Incredible. Absolutely <laughs> insane. Didn't think I was going to like it. Story was incredible. Story was insane. Uh, Hideo Kojima, Guillermo del Toro. This is the uh, game that Margaret Qualley was in and her character made me sob so much. And I loved her character in the game. And direct Death Stranding was just, it was something that when I started, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, this is good. And then at some point I was like, this is okay, but I'm going to keep going. And then when the ending hit, I was like, this is the best. This is the best. Like, it was so good. And then finally on my list is going to be the Dead Space remake. And I plead, I plead, I plead, I plead that um, John Carpenter just put down the controller for one second <laughs> and, and create the Dead Space movie. He is actually a big fan of the game and has said himself that if he were to go back and do something, he wants to make a Dead Space movie. And he is the man to do so. I want to see that happen. It needs to happen. I did play the original. I thought the remake was great. It's still the same story elements and stuff, but the, the graphics and everything were just so great and so incredible. Dead Space is one of those where I think it could work so well as um, a um, like a TV series. And one thing, I feel like Dead Space, it, everyone just kind of like reduces it to alien and just fighting aliens and stuff when there is this insane cult element to Dead Space that no one talks about. Have you heard about Dead Space before talking to me about it? No, like actually I've never, like I, I, you've obviously told me, but before you told me, no, not at all. In wrapping up Dead Space, essentially the plot is about in the future, you are on the ship and you are sent to um, this one planet um, because a distress call has been made. Essentially the plot is, and it takes a while to get into it, but once it gets there, oh, it's so good. It is about this cult this religious cult that believes that there is this marker that there is their god and that this is going to happen and it's it's very much a a dangerous cult because it isolates people from their families it's it's very very dangerous cult when all of a sudden the prophecies of this cult become true and so their marker, this god, is really just an alien life form that takes over everyone and kills everyone. That's so wild. the cultists embrace this 
and they let it onto ships and it's really it's got really great twists because you you know characters that you have been with along the way are actually secretly a part of the cult and are doing things to try to essentially launch that marker to earth and turn everyone into aliens because they think it's like the will of the god so it is absolutely insane wild that is scary and terrifying and it's so good and i feel like that also in terms of like 2023 games didn't get a lot of like talk about because you know it's a remake but it really is just so so good so those were my favorite games and i was really happy because this was also the year that i was able to convince you know gamer savannah to play some games as well and i got her an, an xbox 360 and i started her out on some games so any video games or anything that you felt that you've really enjoyed? I know it's, I, I know you haven't played like 30 video games because I'm the one with the problem, <laughs> but has there been anything that's kind of caught your attention as you've been exploring things? Well, I've played a few this year. Um, oh yeah, for sure. I, I know you played yeah. at least like five or, you know, five-ish games, maybe probably more at this point. I finished a game called Lake, which is a relaxing like game where you pretend you're like a male woman from the 80s like discover her life in a mountain town it's really fun if you haven't played it recommend it okay um i play i i like dreamlight valley because it's disney and it's like cute what else oh i played i love until dawn i finished that that was nice i started the quarry but my my husband won't play with me so I'm it's like, so to good myself. i'll play the quarry with you i actually played the quarry for the first time this year too and it was really great thank you uh you will play it with me i'm gonna make you and then i started bioshock because you let me bioshock four i think oh three three uh, bioshock three. um in uh bioshock infinite Yes, I really like that. I'm having a hard time with the combat, but I'm I understand. Enjoying- I when I replayed it, I also realized I was like, "Dang, this game is really difficult." So I've been having my husband like shoot for me because <laughs> I'm like, I'm never gonna get by. I'm really enjoying that story, and then of course Fallout. I haven't made as much progress, but the world of Fallout is very, very cool. Which and I'm, I'm happy you kind of got into the game, just a little bit of it, so that way you can really you know, compare it to the show that's coming out and, and see like, and I, I definitely think with you playing fallout, you now have like, and I feel like a lot of fans have such a great appreciation for the trailer already because sure. you just see so many things that like, you know, in games and stuff like that in the fallout series, just come back to life and, you know, make it so realistic. So although I don't think it's going to be a direct retelling from one of the games, I think it's going to be something brand new the elements that they have a fallout right now is so good. Absolutely. I'm very excited for that show. I'm very much now that I know the story and I play the game a little bit, big appreciation for it. And uh, apparently, so um, it looks like the town of um, the town that this is based, like the the Fallout town, because um, Kyle MacLachlan, who is in the film um, or in the series, just posted, um, and it looks like it's a town, like it looks like it's a blurred postcard, and it looks Fallout as heck, um, where it says Varmin Town, like Varmin or Varnam. I don't know; it's still blurry, but 
very funnily in Kyle Lachlan fashion, it shows like the preview to the Varnation or Varmation Town, whatever it may be. Then it says in Comic Sans on the next image, cocaine, next <laughs> image, money, next image, mystery, next image, coming soon. I love that. That's so funny. So I'm really, really excited for the Fallout show. And I think this year is going to be a a year for the gamers, especially it's going to be my year. It's been my year, Bestie, for games, but the, the renaissance continues because this year I'm getting Metal Gear Solid. I'm getting Final Fantasy Rebirth, and I'm getting at some point silent hill 2 remake and i am ecstatic you're gonna go crazy i'm going hog wild you're not gonna hear from me for a few days the minute that game comes (laughs) out i hope you know oh no it's nothing something this has been something you have been waiting for i think you specifically when you bought the ps5 you told me it was for that reason for when it comes out yes because i bought the the i bought a steam deck because they said it was going to release on steam and then they said oh it's not going to release on steam until one year later so i said no i'm not missing out on this moment and um as of right now the ps5 is actually like my main gaming source right now i've been playing like Final Fantasy 16, all of those are um, originally came out on PS5. So I'm I'm just and Death Stranding is only for um, PS4, PS5. So I'm really, really excited. This was this was one for the gamers this year. I'm very happy for you, and I'm very happy to see that the next this pat I mean, this next year is gonna be just as great for you. Even probably even better. Yes. But now in terms of film goals, uh, I was telling Savannah that part of my goals is really because I feel like I really want to see more foreign films. So my goal of this year is to see and explore more foreign films. We now have a movie subscription. So we do or we're coming up. I'm excited to kind of explore stuff on there. I also really my favorite directors. I want to pick three or four favorite directors and I want to watch all of their films because I definitely have like immediately to mind John Carpenter, David Lynch, um, Lars von Trier, all of those. Like I want to pick a few more directors and just slowly start going through their filmography from beginning to where they currently are. Um, I just, I, I, it's just something I'm like, you know what? Yeah. If I say they're my favorite director, damn, I should be say I should say that I've seen every film, you know, before I give them that label. I gotcha. I feel you for that. So probably for me, it'll be David Lynch, Lars von Trier, John Carpenter, um, Rainier Werner Fassbender, and which he has a lot of films, so that's going to take me a while. And then, um, oh, who else? Um, uh, Kislov Kislovsky is probably the five directors I want to see all of their work this year. I gotta think about mine. I feel like Korean films for you have really, like, been working well for you. I feel like maybe, and even, like, shows. Like, I remember, like, one of our favorites, um, which sadly hasn't come back on the air, um, was Kingdom. um, Yes. That zombie Korean show that was, like, absolutely insane. Um, But if you want to join me on the journey, Bestie, you're more than welcome to. Maybe I'll pick a few. Yeah, maybe yeah. I'll pick a few. We'll see. 
All right. Well, that is it for our 2023 wrap up. Thank you guys so much for joining and being a part of this. Um, next time you hear us, we are actually going to be going through and doing our 100 episode. So stay tuned for that. Um, it's going to be really fun. It's, it's essentially instead of a 2023 recap, it's going to be a purple noon recap. Um, it'll be Ooh. a great walk down memory lane for the past 100 episodes, which is very crazy to say. Um, but Thank you, as always, to our Patreon members. We have Manny, Homeboy James, we have Sensei David, Danny Boy, Buddy Ryan. Thank you guys so much for being a part of our Patreon, and we really appreciate the support. Um, and when you guys hear us next time, it'll be time for episode 100. Thanks. Bye. Bye.